Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Disciple Makers Podcast, brought to you by discipleship.org. I'm your host, Dave Stovall. Are you sick of just sitting by while your friends and family members totally spin out of control in their lives? Renee Sproles talks about feeling that way and the steps that she took when she finally said enough is enough and began helping those precious people in her life. This episode is all about the importance of intentional relational discipleship and building relationships to provide support to people in need. Renee says when you start out with discipleship, an ounce of obedience is worth a pound of theory. I totally agree with that. Let's listen to Renee and let her encourage us to start discipling people today. Here we go. It was January of 2018, and I was sitting in the hair salon, cape draped around my neck, uh, getting my hair done by my hairdresser, who was also my friend. And as hairdressers are wont to do, she was talking a lot. <laughs> and she was telling me about her daughter and how she was kind of worried about her. She was starting to have some trouble with her. She was a senior in high school and her attitude was a problem. She was worried about her relationships, just the normal things that parents worry about when kids are in high school. So you see, her parents had divorced when um, their children were in elementary school. Her father had remarried, and there was tension with the stepmom. The mom had also married again and had another divorce under her belt, by the time her girls were in high school. So there was lots of sorrow, lots of instability, lots of brokenness, and all this was taking its toll on her daughter. Now, this was not the first time I'd heard a story like that. Every one of you have probably heard a story like that. But um, in that moment, something clicked inside of me. I was like, enough. I am sick of this. I am sick of watching people around me hurting and their lives falling apart and doing nothing about it. What was I sick of? Well, I was sick of that, and I was sick of my American mindset. The American model of friendship, the mind-your-own-business while everybody's lives falls apart because you don't want to be too involved and nosy kind of friendship, I was sick of that. I was sick of creating my own little happy family, which was working out pretty good for the four of us while everybody else's lives were falling apart. And besides, our church had just started exploring discipleship intentional, relational discipleship. And I thought, I'm going to have to give this a try. Now, I'd seen hurting marriages in the 90s. Um, I was part of a women's small group. We did this book called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Um, It talked about how God's always at work around us, how he wants to partner with us, how he wants to be in a love relationship with us. But I will never forget that women's small group because it mostly was about how our husbands are not loving us, how our husbands are not partnering with us, how our husbands are not in a relationship with us that's bringing us joy. And I was kind of confused by all that. 
And I was not mature enough to realize that we probably needed a mentor in our lives to help steer the conversation in another direction. So I just thought, hey, women's stuff is not for me. I won't do that anymore. And um, I was just kind of confused by it all. Now, I did have a frame of reference for intentional relational discipleship, but I didn't really know that's what it was. Because I was just a girl who'd grown up with her aunts and uncles on either side of her, her grandparents in the cow pasture, past the cow pasture in the house behind them. And I would just hang out with my grandmother and watch her do life. I'd walk over in the afternoons and she's reading her Bible back on her bed. I just thought that's what everybody's grandmother did. Uh, I just had two parents who loved each other, who were partners in a small business together, and there was a lot of love and respect between them. I thought that's just how families were. And I had been homeschooling my own two children, and we were having a great time together. So yeah, I sat in that barber's chair, and I just said, no more. No more standing by, watching hurting people. No more standing by and watching lives falling apart. No more American mind-your-own-business friendships. No more. Now, it would be a risk, no doubt, going deeper, stepping out in faith, getting in somebody else's business. Um, but I did. I asked my, my friend, my hairdresser that day, would you mind if I just like called your daughter? And she was like, oh, no, that would be great. I'd love for you to call her. And I had a little relational capital. We'd been in a small group together for 10 years in the late 90s and early 2000s. So she knew me, even though she was a little girl back then. So when I texted her, she said, yeah, sure, I'll meet you for coffee. And so it began. And I was no expert. <laughs> but if homeschooling my children had taught me anything, it had taught me that there is a lot of value in learning something alongside somebody else, and that an ounce of obedience is worth a pound of theory, and that perfect can be the enemy of good enough. So I want to share with you what I knew that day, January of 2018, about intentional relational discipleship. I didn't know much, but this is what I knew. I knew that you were supposed to build a raft, you were supposed to reflect on where you've been before you set sail, then you're supposed to set sail, then you use a compass and you pray. So let's unpack those. Build a raft. Now, a raft is just an acronym for reliable, available, faithful, and teachable. You just want to come alongside somebody with those kinds of qualities. Are they going to show up on time? Are they free to even meet? Do they uh, fulfill their word? Are they eager to learn? These are the kinds of things you're going to want to ask yourself. My husband and I teach a Sunday school class regularly, and we had a young couple recently um, come to us and say, hey, will you, like, will you disciple us? Will you at least meet with us? And we were like, sure, absolutely. If you're asking for help, we're, we're really willing to give it. So this was um, the beginning of the school year back in August, and we said, okay, so what's your schedule like? We're free these nights of the week. Um, we can do evenings. We could do early, early mornings if you both work. And they were like, yeah, um, like the second week in October works for us. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, because yeah, they both work, and their girls are in t-ball, and they have school, 
And so we met with them. It was fine. But that's not really the kind of availability you're talking about when you're talking about discipling somebody. You got it. You got to actually have quantity time, not just quality time. And then that's raft. Now, setting um, before you set sail, you want to reflect on your past. And this is where testimonies come into play. Um, this testimonies are like so fun and so good. You you're just basically taking like five God moments in your life. Like this happened, but God. This happened, but God. And you just meet with the person and you model that, or the people, usually it's a group. And you model that. It takes about 30 minutes. And then you send them back and have them go fill it out and come back ready to share. This is like community on fast forward. It's about a a couple of meetings of testimonies, in my opinion, are about worth six months of meetings regularly. It just is instant community because you understand where people are coming from. Then when they do something weird or off or annoying, you go, oh, but like I remember their story. And besides, we're told to remember. God knows we, we need to remember. He, he said this to the Israelites again and again and again. Set up a stone of remembrance. Remember what I did for you, lest you think by your own power, you made all that money and you had all this prosperity and you forget that I did it for you and I gave you the ability to do it. And then you want to set sail. You just want to do life together. The general rule of thumb, again, that our church was saying is once a quarter, do a service project. And then once a month, do something fun. And once a week, meet. Once a quarter, service project. Once a month, something fun. And then once a week, you want to meet and study and check in and pray. And you want to use a compass. This is because you want to keep things gospel-focused, Most of my, pretty much all my discipleship has been with people who already know about Jesus. Most of them have been in church settings. And so, especially with people who've grown up in church, you cannot assume they know what the gospel is. This was driven home to my husband and I during COVID. um, The Sunday school classes got like all mixed up and they stopped meeting and they reorganized them once we could socially distance and all that. So we were in this new group large group, large group of people, probably about as many as are in here right now. And we asked the question one Sunday, we got the board there and we're ready to like write down all the answers. We're like, okay, so what's the gospel? Crickets. And we're like, like the gospel. And some brave soul raised their hand and said, the good news. So we realized at that moment, you cannot assume that people know what the gospel is. I, I always encourage people I work with, just pick a verse to memorize what the gospel is. Titus 3 is a great one. Um, I tell them to put it in their notes app, in their phone, and when you're bored, instead of hitting Instagram, pull up that verse and try to memorize it. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God appeared, he saved us not because of the righteous things we'd done, but according to his mercy. He washed away our sin, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit 
who he poured out on us rich, richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we'll inherit eternal life. He goes on to say, I want you to insist on these things. Why? So that you may devote yourself to good works. Serving together is really fun and really good, but if, you don't, if you're not sure your people understand the gospel, the good works are gonna be out of place. They're gonna think that they're making them right with the Lord or that it's the boost they need to get more right with the Lord. Um, you want to get the, the horse before the cart, and so you've got to be gospel-focused. And then the last thing I'll say is pray. Uh, especially for women, I found this to be really important, but my husband would probably tell you, working with young men, it's also super important. A lot of women I work with don't have experience praying out loud. The first group I had, which, by the way, I was super scared, and so I just invited a friend in Deborah and Barack style. I was like, I won't go unless you go. And we went together. And so this group of women um, was so scared to pray out loud. And so I said, okay, um, we're meeting for a year, and I'm going to expect everybody to start praying around here, but I'm not going to call on you. But if you haven't prayed by December then I am going to call on you. And so you can just know that. Don't get upset with me, but I'm, I'm giving you time. And sure enough, we had one woman who waited and waited and waited. But on the very last one, she finally prayed aloud. And now all those women um, don't think anything about just stopping to pray with somebody or praying with their children. It's beautiful. So pray. But also listening prayer is super helpful when you're discipling someone. That's just when they're talking to you about their problems, you just stop and go, let's talk to Jesus about that. So it might look like, um, Jesus, can you show her what she needs right now to fulfill her calling as a mother and a wife? And you just sit there and you wait until Jesus speaks to her. Jesus, can you show her what she needs to do to reconcile with her husband? Can you show her how you see her husband? Jesus, can you help her find the words to reconcile with that friend? Jesus, can you show her her child's heart and while they're behaving that way? You get the idea. You need to know scripture because Jesus will never contradict his word, but listening prayer in discipleship for me has been such an awesome tool. So back to that chair in 2018. That young woman and I began to meet uh, about once a week. And sure enough, about a month into it, her boyfriend broke up with her. Her life blew up. She was in misery. And um, the time was right to really start getting serious about discipleship. Uh, David and I knew that she was going to school near where we lived. She was going to go to university about 10 minutes from our house. And we said, you know it would actually be good if she could be in our house and see how we interact with each other. So why don't we just say like, hey, if you have an 8 a.m., why don't you just sleep over? Um, when you register for your classes, just let us know which days you have 8 a.m.s and then we'll, and then we can just like, you can sleep over and we can, you can drive to school because she lived like 45 minutes away. Well, next thing we knew, she'd registered for all 8 a.m. classes 
And so she was sleeping over like three or four nights a week and then going back home the other nights. Um, And that began a journey of about two, two and a half years of doing life together. And instead of me telling you how it went, I thought I'd let her tell you herself. This is what she wrote. Before I moved into the Sproul's house, we met weekly for lunch. We rarely ever missed. She made a commitment with me and the Lord to pursue me, even if I didn't feel like it at times. When I moved into her house, it didn't just affect her, but her entire family. I lived with them during COVID and we rarely left the house. So let's just say we all got to know each other really well. Many don't know that Renee is an introvert at heart and I am the complete opposite. Verbal processor for everything. She had to adapt and change routines in her home and that takes a lot of patience when you're out of your comfort zone. I felt loved. I never felt like a project because I was willing to receive discipleship. I was at a place in my life where I knew I needed help. She never really sat me down for lesson time, but as life happened, I, I could ask what I needed and look at their examples of how to handle situations. I think one of the biggest lessons I've taken into my own life is how to handle conflict in a godly manner, live with excellence to Christ in everything I do, and how to practice godly hospitality. I try to th- make these things evident in my daily life. When my husband and I get in an argument, I've learned how to not react, but respond and truly listen to my husband. I try to go the extra mile when I'm keeping house and doing ministry work so I can do everything with excellence for Jesus. And finally, I open my home to our family and friends so they can have an enjoyable, fun environment to be in. We pray, we read God's word and enjoy meals with one another in our home. And I think that's just how God designed it. I think one of the best ways we can spur one another on to loving good deeds and intentional relational discipleship is to invite one another to come and see. To come and see, taste and see that God is good. What better way to spend your life than in relationship with other people? So let's die to that American, mind your own business while everybody's life falls apart mindset and rise again to live with one another and love one another all the way to Jesus. That's all the episode we've got for today. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Up next, we've got the Q&A session from Brandon Gendon and Renee Sproles talking about the things that they said in the previous two episodes. So if you haven't listened to episode one just yet, skip back to that, listen to Brandon Gendon, and then go forward to episode three, because what we're doing is we're playing what Brandon and Renee said individually in the main session at the city tour, and then we're having a Q&A session as its own episode. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, I want you to do two things. If you want more content like this, you can head over to discipleship.org for more resources for your journey. And number two, please hit the subscribe button to this channel and become a part of the Disciple Makers community. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you.